Hey there, cats and kittens. It's Geraldine here. I know it's been six weeks since I last put out an episode. I'm sorry about that. Uh, It's been Melbourne Fringe time and also just trying to earn a bit of money. Um, So... I have a few in the bag that I'm going to be getting out hopefully a little bit more regularly than I have. Um, but as you know, it's um, it's kind of been a crazy year. I also just wanted to say thanks for the patience uh, to all the people who supported the Possible campaign for the last gig in Melbourne. I finally have got all the bits and pieces together. I know a few of you have contacted me and said, hey, where the my album and it's a perfectly reasonable question you've all been extremely patient I've got a little bit of designing to do and then a lot of posting to do Uh, that should however be coming out very soon I'm going to try to finally after I don't know maybe three years of actually creating a login for my patreon page I'm gonna try to set it up because uh, the thing that keeps stopping me I guess is money So there's the time and the money. <laughs> so thank you very much for everybody who is a subscriber. I know it's a very niche kind of a podcast, but the whole idea was to be able to do things like the incredible live show that we recorded uh, during the Melbourne Cabaret Festival, as well as being able to talk to people in burlesque, in, in cabaret and related areas like drag and that sort of thing. People who I don't think get asked on podcasts that often, but I think do incredible work. And uh, we all know how hard it is to do live work and to get people to come along. So um, I, I, I really pick people that I think are good and that I think are interesting. I was going to try and script this bit, but I, I thought, fuck it. Uh, so I haven't. Uh, probably should have put in a swearing warning before I, I said fuck it. But um Hey, you know, life's full of risks and that's something that uh, my next guest and I certainly talk about. Uh, This is Jenny Winter. She's from Queensland. I first saw her show in a Melbourne Fringe many moons ago and she's a a top chick and this was recorded during the Melbourne Cabaret Festival when she was down here doing her show Viking Mama and we were um, watching the outcome of the Australian election at the time and the weird thing is we start talking about politics a little bit towards the end of the podcast and a lot of what we're saying well it's it's certainly ringing true in the current US lead up to the election in uh in uh, America kind of vibe yeah like scarily so so let's i don't know get the fuck on with it hey there cats and kittens and welcome to episode 8 fuck me episode episode 18 of Bang on the Strillers! This episode features a conversation I had with Queensland cabaret artist and songwriter Jenny Winter. She was down for the Melbourne Cabaret Festival in June 2016 during the federal election in Australia. And we talk about grief, breaking both feet in front of your kids, a rigorous comparison of the fiduciary qualities of lettuce, working smarter, not harder, the short-sightedness of electoral economic policy, and chocolate arms. Please tune in and what am I saying tune in? It's not the radio. I'm I'm really confused about my place in, in the world now. I think I need help. Hello Jenny Winter. Hello Geraldine Quinn. Don't feel like you have to pretend this is like a not a proper radio thing because no, it's so not. Good. <laughs> That's good though. We were, I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about radio and the idea of just a 
Um, oh, yeah, no dead, no dead air. Yeah, I know. It's exhausting. It's exhausting Have to you even done listen to it. Many radio interviews, and you get used to that weird kind of not listening face that some radio people do. Oh, my God, yes, absolutely. Because they have to do heaps of other things, but there are times that you just go, the sentence that's coming out had no connection to the thing I just said. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But you can have conversations like that with people in real life as well. I think it's just you feel more self-conscious because it's being publicly broadcast. I know. No, I know people like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's there's someone whose name I definitely won't say, but when I have a conversation with this person, I feel like their attitude and contribution to the conversation is to just make the appropriate noises that sound like you're listening. Right. And there's just times I want to go, dude, (laughs) I do know what's going on here. Yes, but it's this unspoken thing. It's almost like passive aggression in a way and that you cannot call that person out. Or you look like the asshole. Oh, you know? oh, I call that. I do. Oh, do you? Just if you, yeah, just don't pretend. Mm. Oh yeah, really? Wow. It's like you have, you can't even pretend you're listening well. Yeah. Anyway. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm I, too much of a people pleaser to call people out on that shit. I'll you just are. Keep you're going. a listener. I really. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I am. I think I am a good listener, but I. Yeah, I'm also too much. It nauseates me sometimes how much I want to please, and I'm getting better as I get older because I care. You care less as you get older about. I don't know, just pretending. You have a lot of you people know. in your life to care for already. But it's like we always, you were I messaging do. me going, oh, mate, I'm so sorry you're so sick when I got this awful cold. And I'm like, didn't you break both your ankles yeah. six months ago <laughs> walking out your front door? I did. And you're giving me <laughs> But I, that, that's, I feel genuine empathy for people in pain because it sucks balls. What, what happened there? Uh, well, I was, there's lessons. There are lessons to be learned. One is don't ever wear thongs. And the other is don't rush out your front door because I was trying to load the kids in the car and I think my littlest was having a bit of a tantrum about not wanting to go to school. Oh, my gosh. So I was trying to get him in the car and I just ran out the front door and just slipped and mm. completely fell over. And as soon as it happened, I went, oh, my God, I really think I just broke both my feet. Like how, it was freaking horrendous. But how did you land? Um, I landed front forward, but I think what's happened, and it's only two steps. That's the tragedy of it. It's not even a lot of steps. And yeah. I just fell forward. I think <gasps> I rolled. Oh, you like, down like the your feet rolled forward? Yes. Oh yeah. It was freaking horrendous and landed on my, thank God I didn't hit my head. Like I just had to look on the positives and go, okay, I didn't hit my head. I didn't break my arm because I landed then and caught myself. Um, yeah, but all three, and it was just me and the kids. So yeah. they were like, I was just, yeah, just screaming, call the ambulance. And my oldest is like on the phone to the ambulance. My middle son's like trying to hold my hand and like stroke my hair. My littlest is just like, ah, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> like he's trained. He went from tantrum about going to school to like, mother of fuck, mum's Like it was just absolute chaos. One of my neighbours, we'd only just moved into the house like two weeks before, so we're all not even unpacked or anything, so it was insane. And then my neighbour came over. I'd never met him before, and it was like, hi. He's like, oh, don't you worry, love. Like it was just absolute mayhem. And then, um, yeah, ridiculous. And I did. I broke like eight bones in my right one and my heel and um, just one bone in the left one. (laughs) 
Or just the one. Just the one. Try so, hard and left foot. I know. <laughs> my left foot. Um, but your yeah, ankles or your feet? My feet. Because you, when you break bones in your feet, they're little bones they're in there. They're very little. Yeah. yeah. And you can – I had a friend who had a – um, a cab drove over her foot, <gasps> and she oh. was in a moon boot for what felt like years, like because oh, there was geez. all those little bones just got smashed up. Yeah, and it, it, they don't. I've broken a toe and went to a doctor, and mm. it was massively. It was huge and swollen and mm. black and blue, and they went. There's kind of nothing we can do about it. Yeah, and it's just bent now. Oh jeez, it's fine. Like I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got more pedal extremities problems to worry about than that toe. That toe's like <laughs> you've all... been taken over by the monster bunion. Like it's fine. <laughs> you've been demoted in terms of my foot deformities. Right, but yeah, yeah when a doctor goes, Bleh. yeah. I know. Well, I was very lucky that for some reason it aligned, so I didn't have to have surgery or anything. But I was just in a wheelchair for like a month. Uh, A month? That's not too bad. It's not too bad at all. I thought it was going to be much worse. How'd you get up the step in the wheelchair? Oh, my God. (laughs) That was – I actually had for about two weeks amazing triceps because I had to push myself up. Like, um, it was incredible. But now they've all gone again. (laughs) No, they're in there. Oh, thank you. Yes, I've proven they exist. Um, Yeah, but now they're better. Again, amongst Maltesers. So, uh, <laughs> now I've got yeah. this image of your arms just being made of Maltesers. Yeah. Just, oh, me and my Jenny Winter and her chocolate arms. My chocolate arms. <laughs> that might be my next show title. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, just such a crazy time. But, and then when, when I got out of the wheelchair, I felt like a freaking monster. I felt so tall. It was just after seeing the world from, you know, whatever, 60 inches high or whatever. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate being able to walk and... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I did actually, because I had to, my deadline that was stressing me out was because I had to do um, Viking Mama, my show in Brisbane, yep. and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to even be up out of the wheelchair by then. <laughs> and I was oh. like, oh, my God, can I do this in a wheelchair? I suppose I could and just make a thing out of it. But anyway, thankfully I was walking, but I did do the show in Moon Boots, which was quite hairy. Well, um, you could you could cover it with faux fur and that would look appropriately viking Totally. Well, even I thought about that and then I left them, but even without it, it looked kind of appropriate because they just look – I mean, you've seen Moon yes. Boots. Were you in one when you broke your toe? No, 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 not yeah. at all. But, but yeah. my friend Michelle was and my niece also had an injury that had her in a Moon Boot for ages and ages. So yeah, right. they're, they're quite entertaining. Yeah, they're very hefty and crazy and kind of Velcro-y. So it looked fine anyway, but I think I did stress some people out like during that whole, well, you've seen the show, The Lettuce Sequence. It's very slippery on stage and the people were very worried about me. Oh, yeah, because you, you represent a bunch of toddlers as, as lettuces on sticks. Yes. With with hats. So like they're, they're like heads on sticks and then you destroy them all. Yes, in a rampage. It was very messy. Very messy. <laughs> Oh, my God. And that night, because I think you came on closing <laughs> night, so we actually splashed out on the budget and got iceberg lettuces. So they that's were just... That's a budget splash? That's a budget splash. I thought cos lettuce would surely be a budget splash. Oh, we no, we got baby cosies for the rest because they were so much cheaper. Really? Yeah. And... So much, and not it's not as spectacular because they don't come apart as easily. So, yeah. but the cleanup's a lot easier. Whereas yeah. cleaning up icebergs is quite a nightmare. But. I just think iceberg lettuces are, are pretty pointless. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So why not just beat them up on stage? Well, that, you've that you've, you've shown me they have a use now. Because <laughs> generally speaking, I find them. What are you? Yeah. Have you ever done the um 
one of those home delivery box of fruit veg things. Years ago, yes. Yeah. I did used to do that. I do it sometimes when I know that I'm getting into a really bad sort of pre-show state and there's it's possible I'm just going to be eating rice for... Yes. And, and I go, oh, I know it's a little bit more expensive, but it's going to turn up on my door. Yeah. And But I still get furious when there's an iceberg lettuce in there. It's like, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> no one invited you. You're taking up space. I don't have time for salad. <laughs> Transition. Yes, I'm not a salad fan. Rocket, awesome. Mm. Rocket, I love it. Peppery. Mm. Mm, I'm not a fan. Oh. It doesn't taste good to me. Get out of my house. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I love it. I think, I mean, it's, um. no, we're not going to start talking recipes. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk salad. <laughs> Very important conversations about salad to be had. Moon boots and salad. Moon boots. And salad. That's mm. that's your show after chocolate. Arms. Yeah, there we go. I've got them all lined <laughs> up. Thank you. This so, is my career planning out before me. When was Brisbane? Um, Brisbane was in May, uh, no. early May. And was the, it the cabaret festival? Or not? No, it was just independent. Um, yeah, just at Judith Wright Centre. So just its own little season. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was great. And they're just they're beautiful. Just super. One of my favourite venues, actually, just in terms of how supportive they are like if you as an artist like they really got got behind it and you know promoted it properly and yeah they're just I can't fault them they're fantastic yeah Mm. it's funny when you have mm, do I go down this path go on you can always edit it out it's true Mm. um I I wanted to give myself as little work as possible though but uh (laughs) yeah it's 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 funny when you kind of have Someone who's to do with your show, whether it's programming or venue or otherwise, and and uh, all I'm trying to say is it's really helpful. Let's make it positive. Yes, uh, yes. It, it's really helpful when everybody realises that selling tickets is going to be good for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that it's much better if we're all going, great, let's see what we can do to make this happen. Absolutely. In the same way that a performer, I don't think, or a producer shouldn't just swan in and go, well, you're supposed to do that. Yeah, it's a team, it's a team effort. Yeah. And I do think as well, I mean, aside from the fact that then, like, financially it's better for everybody mm. but also just morale wise yeah. you know like if you feel and then that gives you a better show because you're in a better headspace mm. like i really think that like you feel more relaxed and supported you know it's just a better vibe yeah how good was mcleish oh fantastic mike, that festival was gorgeous mike mcleish yeah. it's the first time he's been artistic director and we would get all these wonderful little emails just going come on guys yeah good work team <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was great. And rather than feeling like you're part of a festival where you're kind of part of a festival in name, like you're in the program yes. and but there's no sense of we're all in this together. Yeah. You know? So that was fantastic. Yeah, which I think I think Melbourne Fringe has historically done that quite well. That you felt mm. quite, you know, they send really informative stuff out in there. In yeah, their you feel things. quite connected. And you do feel very connected. And I think um some of the big venues in Edinburgh, like if you're in a big venue as the many pros and cons as there are, mm. you do feel like I'm in the Gilded Balloon family or I'm in the Underbelly family and you yeah. do find your little connections there. Again, you feel like you're part of one thing. But um, I think maybe one of the things that disenfranchised people from Adelaide Fringe this year was that, that artist services used to be so amazing and mm. it did start to feel in the last couple of years like fend for yourself. Right. So okay. I think that possibly contributed to how everybody was a little 
um, disenfranchised right. buzzword See, for you. I haven't gone to Adelaide Fringe for a couple of years now because, like, my first time I did it, I loved it and had a really good season. Do you remember when that was? That was in, what would that have been, 2012, I think. Yeah. And then I went back in 2013. Yeah. And it was just, <coughs> I was in a different venue, which is a bit out from the city, but um, we just struggled so, so hard to get audiences, even with great reviews, even, you know, really awesome audience putting, audiences putting nice feedback on the fringe, talk fringe site. Yeah, but it just... Um, it was so freaking hard and I just went, like, as I was saying to you before we were recording, mm. I realised I feel like with festivals, I feel like I had a gambling problem. Yes. was just like... <laughs> it was such a good analogy to use. <laughs> oh, I really realised. I was like, Jesus, like, especially with having my kids and feeling just like I'm being so reckless with our money yeah. and going, okay, guys, this might pay off. This time, this time. This time, my our shit might come in. Yeah. And uh, and then, sorry, guys, I just lost a lot of money. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah, I kind of, um, yeah, apart, I wouldn't, I'd sort of sworn off festivals, actually until and Melbourne Cabaret Festival when I saw the call out for that I was like well I've heard this is just such a beautiful festival and audiences get behind it so I got tempted back in but yeah, yeah. I haven't done Edinburgh though but I don't think I ever will because <laughs> it's so hard um yeah yeah it's not something to do if you're already going can I afford this anymore yeah, that's what I've heard. And I just I'd love to go just for the experience of it and maybe do guest spots and stuff, but I just I also feel like I don't know what I'd be doing it for because I even if like everything went amazingly, I I'd know that I can't have a career over there. Like not at this point in my life. Like I've got a family here and I'm not going to uproot them. Like so I just don't see why I think that's I would a be doing it. Factor, yeah. Cuz mm. I think that there's particularly in comedy anyway. I I think there's been a um a little bit of a golden dream of, you know, that you'll get picked up in Edinburgh. Yeah. Whether you're a UK artist or an Australian artist sure. or New Zealand does or anywhere, yeah. And that, that that you'll suddenly and that of course that happens. Really, um, mm. but but I think that it's been more of a. It's a bit like the whole owning a home dream. Is yep. it really a thing anymore? But we're still hanging on to it. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about that 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 idea that we're supposed to have this thing. Yeah. That then colours things like renting in a really bad light. That's just seen as, you know, you throw it's wasted money. You're throwing your money away. And it's like, yeah, because paying the same amount for a mortgage that's going to keep you, you know, beholden to a bank for 25 years is completely a much better option. Yeah. No, not necessarily. Yeah. You know, so it, the attitude of it being this goal, Edinburgh, uh, particularly the UK, I think is really echoed. Yeah. Perhaps longer than than it, it its reality can support. Mm. And so then you'll find I think the last couple of years a lot of people going to America. Yeah. And the other one not to forget about is um Canada fringe circuit, which is a lottery. Yes. Um yes. I know Dan and Claire from you know, Do Rotten Puncta did a lot of Canadian stuff yeah. and um and had wonderful did wonderful things. Yeah. But um there are other options is all I was saying. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know. Well I think too, um I mean, things like the dream of being discovered in Edinburgh, um, it's, it, it's a lottery, you know. And I had this realisation years ago, oh, I can't remember what year it would have been, in, at Melbourne Comedy Festival and just seeing people who I know are so ridiculously amazing at what they do, have been doing it for so long, still trying to get 
Amazon seats. And I just went, oh, my God. Like, I didn't realise that I was in a lottery, you know. Like, there's just, like, you put in the more work, the more work you put in, the more gigs you do, you know, the more people you meet, you've got more tickets in the drawer. But it's still, there's something unknown there that's just, you don't, there's no guarantee at all of stuff. So that's a myth, you know. I think that's true generally. Like, I think we're both, you know, a bit older. I think I'm older than you. Uh, But... But you know you've got a family and and the whole gambling problem. Yeah, my gambling <laughs> the, problem. The gambling. Gamble, sorry. So those signs I, up at the I, pub and I go, yes, I do. It's I on festivals. I can take that so yeah. out of context. Just edit that bit out. Go and then there's your gambling <laughs> problem. Oh, that's great. Um, and this is how rumors start. <laughs> no, but but we were talking before we started recording about um, that idea of your. Um, what, well, I've written so many shows about this, about status anxiety and what you're supposed to have done at a certain point mm. and realising, and re- well, not realising, but reminding yourself over and over again, everybody could have everything disappear like that. Absolutely. Everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean if you've got a job and you've got your mortgage and you've got all that, things could, anything can happen to anyone. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're in a precarious kind of an industry. Um but that's, you know, that people have that fear of renting for that reason. It's just like, well, anything mm. can happen, you can get kicked out. Now, I've lived like that for a good 10 years, trying to find rental properties, being in short-term accommodation and while everything's in storage and all that sort of stuff. I'm not even on a lease here. Yeah, um, right. So I do have a little bit of a, uh, I could just get kicked out. But it's been four years. I've never lived in one place for four years. Wow. So how long did I spend being scared? Yeah, of yeah. Um, of uh, the uncertainty of life. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I know. Well, I feel like, yeah, that's been a huge lesson for me just even in the last year, realising because my, well, you, I know you know this, but my mum died when I was really young. Yes. And as a result, I feel like I was constantly in fear like mm. and still struggle with that sometimes of going fuck like like you say anything can happen at any time oh my god anyone I love they could die tomorrow um because she died really suddenly like it was unexpected um from an aneurysm mm. so completely out of the blue and then when I was raised by my grandmother yep. after that and because she was quite elderly I was constantly going oh my god oh my god oh my god what's going to happen if she dies blah 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 And I was like that. She lived for three decades (laughs) and it really taught me, holy crap, like they're honestly living in that state is pointless and it actually makes your life so much harder being like that. You know, like if that stuff happens, it's going to happen and you'll cope with it at the time. But I think I'm trying to get better at just not constantly living in that bracing yourself kind of state because it's just awful it's, it's exhausting good. yeah Transition. my sister-in-law's dad died very suddenly during the comedy festival and fittest guy in the world and we wow. were all just went fuck wow. like that's incredible so the other flip side to that is that could happen yeah. so yeah i probably should stop making excuses to not go maybe i should open the letters that my mother sends me <laughs> So many. You should. She, she you should. texts and emails and then writes me letters. If I had a fax machine. <laughs> 
My mum used to write, well, my grandma I call mum, yes. uh, called mum, but she, um, yeah, she was a big letter writer too. Yeah. But I had some anxiety because some letters were beautiful yeah. and then some letters would be really awful. <laughs> and so I did have anxiety every time I had to open one going, oh, what's this going to be? Like, is that similar with your mum? Yeah, I don't know mm. if she listens to this. <laughs> okay. Hi, Mum. <laughs> I, I hope she doesn't, sort of, because I do swear quite a lot in them. But, uh, mm. yeah, she's used to that. But, um, but yeah, there was – sometimes my reluctance does, does come from one letter in particular mm. that I read and went, really? Um, so, yeah, it's difficult because you, even when you go, I know you're really supportive and I, and, mm. and I know things, you know, I'm lucky, but – but does it need to be this hard? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's true of your own behaviour as well, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You know, my mum's still around, my dad's still around, and just, I'm, you know, maybe they'll be around for another 10 years. I don't know. Um, yeah. I haven't got a clue. Are they elderly? 70s. 70s. Late, late okay, 70s, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> my sister's 53 this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, and you, you, you're the four siblings, is that right? Seven. Se- oh my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was drinking a lot of champagne during your show and <laughs> I realized during it, I loved it by the way. Um, my sister loved it as well. Oh. We were both sitting there like drunk old grannies just sipping Whee! on our champagne. And then I realized afterwards, I was like, fuck, I didn't have dinner. Like that's why I'm like, I, yeah. Anyway, I enjoyed your show so much, but that's probably why I've forgotten that you have seven. Oh my God. No, I don't think I mentioned it in that show. Oh, didn't you? No. I thought you did. I no. No, I do oh, in other shows. I, I talk about it a fair bit. But, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I, don't, I think that was – there was one show I didn't want to talk that much about my family background. I just mm. – because you get to a point, I think, where you want to you wanna be your own person and say, tell your own stories. Yeah. I mean, the two shows of yours that I've seen, one was about your mother and one, one's, this mm. one's about your – well, your kids are being a mother as well. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there'll be a show that or, that you'll come to that you'll want to say, I just want to talk about this thing, not mm. myself in the context of yeah. my family. Well, I did a show in the middle that was called Wonderland and that was just a – it wasn't about me at all. It was just about wonderful things in life. It was shamelessly optimistic, really stupid. Like we had a giant gumball machine, like a human-sized gumball machine that guests came through. Like we'd put a coin in, a giant coin in and turn – it was just so much fun. That was the one I did at Adelaide Fringe that got nice reviews but not many people came to That's- see it. Nuts. It was so nuts, but it was so fun. But I think after I did that show about my mum, because that was so excruciatingly personal, mm. I really wanted to do something that was just, just fun, bubblegum. Yeah, silly. Just very silly, very fun. Um, yeah, with not a whole lot of substance, but just because it was fun. I think that's yeah. great. I mm. think you need to be silly. I like being being silly. I yeah. like being thoughtful as well. But yeah. I don't want to bore the tits off everybody who comes to a show with my opinions on th- things. I do do it anyway. <laughs> You've got to resist the, the compulsion, but yeah. Well, you do kind of go, oh, why should anyone else give a shit about this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think as long as you're asking yourself that, then you're probably likely to produce uh, well-thought-through material. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. I think as well, like at the end of the day, I don't know, I'm trying to get better at just doing stuff that I find incredibly amusing rather than worrying about, you know, what other people think because I think you can't control that.
I used to get furious at my grandmother. I didn't have many grandparents. They were all a lot older, so they all died by the time I was mm-hmm. around. And my mum's mum was still around. And I got very upset once when she sent me a birthday card that had the wrong age on it. Oh! I was, I was um, eight, and she sent me something that said I was nine. And, and I you was weren't happy? I'd be stoked so about that. Hurt. Oh, I was really? hurt because I thought she didn't remember. And my mother actually had to say... She has a lot of grandkids. <laughs> Put I, this in perspective. I made, I got, it was, I remember so vividly, it was um, the numeral nine, it was blue and it had a red outline to it. I got a red texture and a blue texture and I filled in the nine so that it looked like an eight. <laughs> oh, wow, you really cared. I was so Aww, upset. That's hilarious. Um, I realise now that, yes, my grandmother was, you know, well in her 80s and did have a shit ton of grandchildren. <laughs> but it was but something. at the time. At the time, I was like, how, how could how could you? <laughs> oh, my God. It just, that reminds me of, um, like, growing up because my with my grandma, all of her friends were quite elderly Mm. and they were so cute because every birthday they would remember, like I would get about 10 different birthday cards um, and some of them would have like a little $2 coin like taped inside or a scratch it or a (laughs) handkerchief. Like it was so cute. And I remember even when I turned 18, one, I mean, they eased off over the years. So it was less and less cards. But I remember when I was 18 getting a card from one of her good friends with $5 inside. And then you're 18. That's nothing. Like when you're a kid, that's, Oh my God, five bucks. I could buy so many lollies. (laughs) It was just the sweetest thing in the world that they still up to then, like a couple would just still sending the little $5 note or the $2 scratch it. <laughs> scratch it's it? adorable. Oh, yes, yeah, that's where your gambling problem starts. I know it is. Yes, oh, my God. <laughs> I'd never thought I can trace it back to that. Oh, my God. It all comes clear. <laughs> Far out. Hey, callback. My ship will come in. <laughs> that was a great callback. <laughs> Transition. Do you have any pets? I do. I've got a beautiful lab called Buble. <laughs> Thank you. Because he's not, it's like, it's not that I love Michael Buble. It's yeah. just I always thought that would be the best name for a dog. And I'm so happy that we did it. And I love it when people actually laugh because it's like they get it that it's just a ridiculous name. Or as other people kind of go, ah. Oh. Right, you really love Michael Bublé. They get worried about you. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I love it. But the only thing is that I didn't think it through because we do a disturbingly amount go out into the yard and say, hey, boobs. Um, That's become his nickname. So, yeah, which – and my daughter, if I do that in front of my daughter, she's mortified. Is she a teenager? She is a teenager now. Yeah, she's nearly 14. Um, Which is ridiculous. So I would um, start turning out into bloobs. Yeah, bloops. Bloops. <laughs> That's true, bloops. They'd be sticking an L in near a, a, a consonant's quite fun sometimes. Mm. Like, you know, bleeb. Um, the bleeb star. Yeah. I, I, not even about Justin, but just to say, you know, um, believe. I like things. I, I like saying ambience. Yeah, right. I, I say like, family. Family. Yeah. Family's a good one. Love family. Um yeah, I, I look. I'll be honest. I haven't I haven't prepped this part. No, but, no, no. Um, that's all right. I yeah. used to say smeariously a lot. Smeariously, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And I like saying, this is my favourite. I love slipping it just into conversation and seeing if people notice. I go, yeah, I really wrecked them that we should do this. <laughs> and they go, did you, did you just, and I go, what? What? No, what? Oh my God. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why would you even think that? I know, but I highly recommend that. I highly so, recommend that. Recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's a whole new world. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> fuck with each other a little bit more i think in life and yeah oh that's brilliant yay us that's great yeah <laughs> yeah and especially with kids like <laughs> when you were embarrassing with your nieces and nephews or your kids you're just like, and they're like oh my god i can't believe you said that or did that just like what it's fine it doesn't matter i know i'm allowed to do this i'm a grown-up <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh my god and my my daughter has this thing where she'll say, I'll go, um, I'll thank you. And she'll go, Welks. Like, Welks? It's kind of a joke. Like, but then I'll say, oh, and so I start saying it, but I go, you're Welks. And she's like, oh, it's not your Welks. It's just Welks. And so I keep saying, you're Welks, just to piss her off because she's a teenager and, yeah, she pisses me off and I piss her off. And it's She just... knows that's a small, like, you know, muscle or something, doesn't she? Like yeah. A... Small sea creature that you eat. A whelks. A whelk. No, I don't believe she does know that. And I don't think I knew that. Yeah, whelks mm. are a... Um, oh, they're like a, they're like a muscle with a double S-E-L. I'm just going right. to... Right. I'm just no. going to Google Go it. Go on, Google that. <laughs> Google that shit. Uh, yeah, no, I did not know that. It's also a village in the administrative district of... what? No, I can't pronounce that. Um, yeah, it is <clears throat> a sea snail. A sea snail, right. And it is spelt in a way I didn't realise, W-H-E-L-K. Ah, right, right, right. No, um, my beautiful teenager's teenage speak is W-E-L-C-S yeah. as she writes it. We actually are at the point now, because her bedroom's downstairs, where she um, just messages me from downstairs. What? <laughs> Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Rather than coming all the way back upstairs again. I know, it's the 21st century. It's it's nuts. It's but, what annoys you the most about, like, you like letters. I like letters. I love postcards. I, love I send, do. I love sending and receiving postcards and packages. They're the best thing in the world. Yeah. So what's what do you do to combat being stuck in a, the internet land? Oh, God. Well, you I have n- a life. I don't, I don't have one. <laughs> no, I... I I think this is the problem of being an artist too because you can kind of justify being on social media because it's part of the deal, you know, like having an online press. I know, but then I just feel like I just waste so much time just scrolling through Facebook and going like, yeah, I've been working on one. No, I haven't really. No, I haven't. Looking Mm. at shit. Um, But you're changing that because you you were talking about how, you know, what was that great phrase that you just used before we started? Oh, I don't know. Working... Oh, working smarter, not harder. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I I have – this is what I want to do is harness my um, penchant for social media. Um, Your pledgeant. My pledgeant. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I really want to create more stuff online. And, and, you know, like we were saying before, I think live performance is amazing. I, I always want to keep doing it because I really love that connection and I think it keeps you sharp. But – 
Um, I don't think it's a good way of working in terms of just the time and money and energy that goes into that. Mm. And there's only one of you. So you physically have to be there, you know, which as a business model is not good. <laughs> like it's not like any business person. The idea is to set it up so it can run itself, you know, so that you can be then doing other things. Um, so, yeah, I really want to at the moment I'm this is why I'm in Melbourne at the moment is I'm pitching um, the cabaret show Viking Mama re-twisting it so taking out the music element of it but pitching it as a uh, a web series so yeah that's what i want to do is create like put this energy and the ideas into stuff that i can do online so that once it's there you can build a following build yeah. an audience and it's there forever i don't have to physically be doing that all the time to get the audience well music kind of fucks you up a bit because like i've got five albums but um mm. i can't how do i promote them So I've made the thing that's going to stay. Yeah. But now I don't know how to get it out. And so I have to do, well, I know how, but I can't afford to do it. Mm. So, so yeah, that, that's the music industry model is dreadful. hard. (laughs) And I feel, yeah. And I really empathize and like, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, you know, you're great. You know, you've got, (laughs) you've got awards and you know, you have that validation, whether you believe it or not, but it's true. Like you've got, you know, you've got so much and it's still freaking hard. You know, like I just, I don't know. It can get really freaking depressing, but I think I really do feel, especially after this weekend, I've just been at Melbourne web fest this whole weekend. So seeing series people are creating and hearing people and doing workshops. And I feel so pumped up at the moment just to go, this is where it's at. Like, I really think it is. Mm. I think it's to put that, the amount of energy and effort that you put into live shows and producing, I mean, you produce your own stuff as well. So yeah, you know, um, to try and redirect some of that, I think, into creating stuff online. That's where I'm really, that's where my head's at right Mm. now. It's, it's, I kind of grew up thinking that, um, it was, okay to to just be really good at your job and then when everything changed so much from the 90s to now uh, in terms of the advent of the internet that you suddenly had to multitask multi-skill to up the wazoo yeah and that's fine it's great it gives you a lot of power but it's also very exhausting so I'm always having that weird um seesaw between I just want to write songs yeah. and having to learn how to do everything else. And that also makes it really hard for you to delegate stuff to people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really try hard to get people paid because it's like I need to be able to hand this job to somebody else who will do it more efficiently than me and pay them for what they've done. Yeah. Rather than keep trying to do everything on your own because yep. it's um, not sustainable. No, it's not. And, and already like trying to manage your own career is it's so time consuming and so much mental and emotional energy. Yeah. You can't, it, you don't want to burn out. And that's what inevitably happens. I think is that we burn ourselves out. So mm. you've got to have your support crew, but, and it's great that you bloody pay people because that's, you know, will, it's so important, and it's important that we get paid ourselves. But you can't do that unless you're. You I've know, got a very. Forward. I've got some very patient musicians at the moment. <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but it'll happen. But they know it will happen. You yeah, know, eventually. And people that yeah support you and believe in your work do get that and do it for less than they're worth sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to insult people and say, "Can you do this for like fifty bucks?" But like, yeah. You can't do that to people. They've got mortgages and 
kids yeah. as well and that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't have a mortgage or children. I don't know why I said as well then. <laughs> Transition. Hey, where did you drive from today? I drove from Ivanhoe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, thanks right for coming. Outside. Oh, thanks for having me. It's fine. My, as I said, my friends lent me this bloody monster truck. So It's amazing. Oh you know, it looks like a child's car made it real does. time, like real <laughs> size. Oh, my God. My kids would freaking love that it's thing. It's very oh, red. I know. It freaks me out driving it just because, yeah, it seems like such a cop trap. <laughs> it looks like, you know, if somebody cast the wiggles in Mad Max for a road. <laughs> it's... Fucking oh great. God, that's right. Have that's you seen right. Fury Road? Oh my God, I loved it. I loved so it. So much. I loved it. I went and saw it twice at the cinemas, which oh. I don't do anymore because I can't afford to, but I did because I just freaking loved it. Oh, I was yeah. on the road show. I got a couple of dates, precious, precious comedy festival road show dates. Yeah. And um, we and it just come out and yeah. we went to see it and I was sitting next to Xavier Michaelides and when she turned around, when Charlie's turned around and said, Fang it, because I have a song called Fang It from oh. 2011, oh, and everyone just went, Wah! I think, I think, it, I think even Adam Hill sent me a message going, Fang it! Like, yes. <laughs> if only I had a film clip for that song that was out when the album actually was produced five fucking years ago. Crap. <laughs> Viral moment. Oh, no, I not missed it. There's nothing I could do. But, God, it was good. I loved it so yeah, much. me too. I know. I just, it rocked so hard. I took my kids to see it, actually, even though I knew it had some violent moments. Uh-huh. But I was like, guys, you, this is like a life-defining, you've got to see this on the big screen. And they loved it as well. Yeah. yeah I need to see yeah. it again on the big screen. I only saw it the once. But yeah. it'll be back. Someone. Oh, definitely. Will. We'll do a rerun, especially in Melbourne. That will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was extraordinary. Yeah. I know. And such a kick-ass. That's what I loved about it, too. Like, it really is a feminist film because it's never made a point of you know, that we're going to treat her with respect and look up. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is that she's equal and the leader in in charge of that operation without it being made a, an issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's oh, like having an all-female lineup of comedians and not even calling it an all-female lineup. Yep. <laughs> it's like, this is just what it is because this oh, is how it should be. I couldn't agree with you more. And mm. I get, uh, I've been very... Fortunate to uh, the comedy festival asked me to and the band to, to um, uh, ringmaster upfront for a few years. Yes, I remember seeing that. How fantastic! Yeah, and I've never uh, said on stage that this is you're going to see the best female comedians. I've never said. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, because I think the same way. It's like it's just you're just going to see some of the best performers. Yeah. Full stop. Doesn't give a shit if they got a uterus or not. Yeah, well, yeah. You can be female and not have a uterus as well. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to. Okay. I'm okay down. with that. I'm okay with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not worth pointing out. Yeah, I agree. And I remember running into quite a prominent feminist um, writer uh, who was like, "Oh, yeah, how are you? Oh, yeah, mm. well, where have you come from?" I said, oh, "I've just, you know, I've just been hosting. I just hosted the um, upfront last night. Well, what, what's that?" Oh, it's just the flagship, like one of the flagship uh, variety nights in the entire comedy festival and happens to be all female. Oh, why haven't I heard of that? Oh, yeah, fair enough. It's only been going for 16 years. Oh, wow. It's more now. Yeah, but, yeah. And I just was, mm. really? Yeah. Okay. Yes, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> we had a red hot go. What's happening? 
It was bloody brilliant this year. Oh, that's awesome. And, and they were already engaged and... Yeah, that is what we should be doing is getting out of our bubble to try and understand someone else's bubble. Go Australia. Oh, God. <laughs> I have to understand this other, like, right-wing bubble. I don't... Uh, yeah, I find I that really hard. But I suppose it's... I don't know. I guess it's just valuing different things in life, isn't it? Do you think? I don't know. I think I'm better than them. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because I... (laughs) That's very honest. I know. (laughs) No, but because I think one of the fundamental differences between, you know, us little lefty people and what have you is I do think we, and I'm just talking about my group of friends and things, tend to think outside our front yard. And I think what makes me furious... With whichever way you vote, by the way, yeah, is is not thinking beyond what's going to happen to you. I completely agree. I that's why I do feel like, yeah, if I'm being completely honest, I do feel like the left, and I'm not extreme left. I'm probably middle left. Um, is less selfish. I actually just find the conservative stuff, yeah, selfish. But where on a knife edge financially and socially anyway and mm. we work in the arts so in a way that's the way we're gonna we're, gonna, a, yeah, we're necessarily really gonna think yeah that's so true so if we did yeah. have our mortgage and our kids that had to go to school and we gave a shit about them and want their future to be good would we be as selfish would we be mm. voting to say well you're going to take i know somebody who's that's an arts true. person that is very true who voted for john howard and i was appalled was my first reaction and then he's like well there's the only person that had anything good for, you know for kids and I've got kids and I, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Okay, I didn't think that through. But I don't know. I just think that we, I, I think the short-sightedness of, of economic policy and what its effects going to be and the same with climate change, etc. Yeah. And the refugee crisis. I just think you can't be short-sighted about that because it's not, a, a, a political cycle isn't long enough Yeah. to address long-term problems and again it comes back to selfishness because i think the political parties really care about being, staying staying in power and being re-elected so it really is short-sighted because it's designed to be short-sighted but then you'll end up having the things that happened like i would argue mm. very peripherally um that there were choices and decisions that say gillard made to in, including her being put in power, mm. which was used to beat the uh, Labor over the head with for so long. It's like, oh, mm. but we voted for blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you voted for the party. Yeah, exactly. You actually voted for the policies of the party. So the fact that Rudd was so unpopular, mm. that switch, as as discombobulating as it, as it is, was to try to keep the party in power and sometimes that might be because they want to they've got policies they still want to enact and it Mm. ended up being such a weapon for so long yeah did i have the same feeling when turnbull suddenly came in not turnbull sorry i'm with um a shorten came in or even with turnbull like turnbull Mm. turnbull it was like you just did the same thing yeah i know that you've been beating the shit out of what the fuck (laughs) yeah Can we just accept that people uh, in politics are going to make those decisions for various power reasons? Yeah. And that that's part of what... Oh, I mm. was in the UK when um, when Gillard was brought in 
And I, a British friend of mine just was like, yeah, but they didn't vote for, they didn't vote for her. They voted for Rudd. They, no wonder they're pissed off. And again, I just was like, they, it's the yeah. fucking party. This is not our system. It's not a person at, well, it's not meant to be, if but you're it's voting not for, about the personality. If you're voting for that mm. one person, mm. then you're being naive. Yeah. Sorry, everybody who does that. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a certain amount, of course, there's a certain amount of personality that comes to play and charisma comes. I mean, these are all parts. The, and it's get, a representative of the party. All I'm yeah. ranting about is politics is necessarily complicated. Yeah. And it isn't good enough to oversimplify it. Yeah. With, in these arguments that we have with people outside of our bubble. Yeah. It is complex and there are compromises but there has to be I think a heart of integrity hopefully Mm. um but when you see the spin and you go guys this is this is so obviously spin this is a massive shiny spinning thing in your face spinning your face off and you can't see See that that. that's then I despair yeah I know What oh the God. hell was that? Well, it's ABC News, News 24. <laughs> oh, 24 hours of content. That's, uh, oh, yeah, that's no. a tough ask. That is. It didn't used to be like this. It was 9-11 that changed everything. Yeah, goddamn you. You see, I, I could cut that out of context cut as that, well. Yeah. Make me look like <laughs> a lunatic truther. I've got a gambling problem and you're a lunatic truth teller. <laughs> oh, my God. How funny. Oh. Oh, look, it's baby Obama. Oh, he's so cute. Look at his skin. Uh, this is a podcast so about us soft. just watching the television yeah. now. Did you just have a little moment about Barack Obama's complexion then? Did about his skin? I did. I yeah, about like, his, his skin? skin was I could take that. Soft. I could take that. Take that out of context. Yeah, we're a gambling oh. racist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> backwater town. What's such a redneck? Hang on, is Pauline Hanson in? Has that just happened? Oh, she has. What have you done? In. I don't know. It's so depressing. I cannot believe this is what it took. I, I just cannot. I cannot understand. I need to understand. I cannot understand it. 20% of <sighs> Queenslanders voted before election day. Is that true? 20% went, I am Lord. that sure. Lord. That's your problem. Well, I was one, but again, in my defence, my brother-in-law's running, so it's kind of a no-brainer for me of who to vote for. But um, When I heard geez. that, when mm. I heard a fifth of the population of that state had already voted, I went... That's not listening. No, we are really quite close-minded. That's so depressing. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. I did get a good joke out of it, though. Did you? I think it's a good joke. Go I, on. I tweeted something like, really, Queensland? Really? What, was the Great Barrier Reef not white enough already? Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm good. quite sure what I meant by that. But I also thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it's good. It's okay. good. I know. Oh, God, so depressing. I actually feel like Brisbane has gotten so much better, like, in the last 15 years, like, as a so. forward, you know, more more progressive kind of place. But um, Brisbane's really... not the problem, though. No, it's not. Ugh. Melbourne's not, not the problem if there's a problem if Victoria's very quite liberal-minded, uh, yeah. not yes, liberal, Yes, 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 yeah. Sorry. Proper, proper use of the word. Proper use, not, not capital L. Yeah. Um, which somebody, some American I was talking to mistook me for saying libertarian. It's like, no, no, that's different again. Yeah. The libertarians in the U.S., Right. Uh, it's kind of like there's so many interesting people in there. They're mm. a bit, you know, there's. I'm revealing my ignorance. Libertarian in the States is what? The Libertarian Party in the States is, you know, you've got. 
you look up some Samantha B and she'll explain it quite okay. a lot. But like okay. you'll there was the debate included some people who were furious that you had to have a driver's license to drive a car. God. Yep. Right. And then there'd be somebody who looks like they'd got lost on the way to a cosplay convention. Um, <laughs> it, it's a little bit bonkers. <gasps> that sounds amazing. A little bit bonkers. It's, it's intriguing. Yeah. We don't have anything quite like it. We've got a lot of those little weird fractured. The little fractured parties, parties yeah, yeah. That are very, yeah, bizarre. Let's wrap it up. So, yeah. Let's wrap it up so we can, you know, slander everybody. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an hour. That's heaps. Um, well, I'm very pleased... That you could come to Victoria. Thank you very much. Me too. Sorry we had such a weird kind of... Yeah, let's do it this day. No, I'm sick. <laughs> I was like this morning going, I'm a little bit hungover. Can I come later? Let's get drunk now. <laughs> let's just start. I can start. Let's I'm just get... get out the wine. I... We're home to live more. I've really... That's, <laughs> that's one of the worst things that I've done oh <laughs> start home God. delivering that is amazing <laughs> that is amazing I ordered wine last night I actually left the house and went to the bottle shop hoping they'd still be open at 9.45 and when they were closed that's when I broke a rule yeah um it's home delivered alcohol it's, it's a turning just... point this is the tur- this is where it's all gonna happen it's um that's brilliant. You know what? If I have to tell you if it's comforting at all, if I had home delivered alcohol near my house, I would bloody do it. I would. No, yeah, it's no, I not would. good. I would. Actually, we um we joined a wine club earlier this <laughs> year. <laughs> We're like at a different level. But it's so fun because it's so much cheaper than like because we realise like the amount we spend on wine week to week anyway. It's like we might as well just order it. And buy oh, it. I'm in denial. Yeah, well, yeah, so was I. So that feels like a turning point is going, I'm actually admitting that where we, it's like part of our budget now. It's like we my, might as well my gosh. save the money. Yeah. And uh, it's a bit hard to whinge about your um, your poverty when you're going, <laughs> just bring wine to my yeah, job. <laughs> I'm a starving drinking artist. It's yeah. fine. Sorry I haven't paid you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone describe it though as being a take the edge offaholic. And I do think that's true for me. Like, yeah, I do. But that's a slippery slope. To it. it is. I totally. And uh, yeah. And again, honestly, I think after I had kids, I was like, okay, I actually see now how people start to descend into alcoholism. And I don't use that lightly, even um, that word, but I can see how that happens because it's, yeah, when you're really looking forward to it. You know. Yeah, and when you start kind of, yeah. when you've got kids around, it does kind yeah. when there's someone around, when there's, when there's a witness. You're more aware. And yeah. I don't have any witnesses. <laughs> there's nothing to stop it's you. Nothing, that's where, that's oh. where my life is grim. Oh, darling. You've got Bowie as a witness. I like, know, but all he died of liver cancer, you. for fuck's sake. Oh. That should be well, a that reminder. Should be more of a, that should be more of an incentive. It's like a real, yeah. Uh, I don't think he, he wasn't even drinking. He wasn't a drinker at the end of his life. Really? I think he quit smoking as well. Yeah, right. He was a lifelong smoker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Darling Bowie. Oh, you mate. were the first person I thought of, by the way, when I heard the news. And I'm sure that's true of many, many people. Yeah. Like, first of all, when Prince died, my one of my best friends, Sally, she was the first person I thought of because she was so diehard as a fan. And, yeah. But you, you must have been inundated with I was. messages. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty nuts. Mm. Um but anyway, um, but anyway, thank you, Jenny Winter. Thank you so much. I'm glad this worked out. Oh no, it's great. You were a terrific talker. <laughs> oh god, that so sounded like I wasn't thank serious. You. <laughs> no, I'll just take it at face value. <laughs> 
All right, let's get some. Let's find out how their country's going. Shit. Moon boots, Vikings, Mad Max Fury Road, and radio faces. Jenny Winter and I covered it all. Incidentally, the theme tune of the podcast is the aforementioned song Fang It, available on my 2011 album You're the Voice, Songs for the Ordinary by an Anthomaniac. Why not buy it from my website, GeraldineQuinn.com, and help me go viral several years too late. Timing! A second Queensland senator. That's exciting. Is it? Why? Because it's the Greens. Is that your brother? Is your brother the king of Queensland? I don't think so. No, I don't. It's a very liberal seat, like a very safe liberal seat where he is, but... It's good that they've all matched their glasses, though. Yeah. (laughs) The hipster party. Oh, the greens, come on. We all know.